I'm going to talk to you a while on a message called Tricks and Traps. Not trick or treat, but tricks and traps. <clears throat> and I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, if you would. <coughs> excuse, me, excuse me as I work through that. 1 Peter chapter 5. And let's look at verse 8. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your ability that only you give. We thank you for the greater one who indwells us. We look to you now to speak. And we are open unto the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. Amen. First Peter 5.8. Notice this with me. It says, Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, the word devour there means to gulp and to destroy. He is a thief. He comes to rob. He comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. The Bible says that he is our enemy, but he may not devour you. He may not devour me if we become wise to his tricks. And I would remind you at the front of this message that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you and I can be very confident in that and confident of the greater one living on the inside. He's greater than the devil. He's greater than any of his tricks. He's greater than any of his snares. God is greater. Our God is greater. And he lives on the inside of you and me. And if we will not ignore him, but rather cultivate the greatness of God in our life by coming God inside minded and declaring that no weapon formed against you shall prosper because nothing's going to bring your God down. Then we'll be able to overcome. We will be able to do what Revelation 12 says. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. And by the word of our testimony. But there is a condition to that. There's an if to that. If we do not cultivate the truth of God's word. Though he is greater. Though we can put our confidence in a greater God. We must not become careless. While the enemy may not be able to overcome us. He can still trap us. And still trick us. Now turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want us to look at verses 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This message is going to help you today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 through 5 it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God 
And we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Understand this, that the devil is not a creator. And because of his lack of creativity then, we are able to spot his tricks. We are able to spot his traps. Understand this, that he has nothing new in his arsenal. We are unlimited in our warfare against him. But he is extremely limited in his warfare against us. His arsenal of tricks and traps are extremely predictable. They are like reruns. Reruns. Do you know the areas that he's tripped you up in the past? Do you know the areas that he's trapped you in the past? I know the areas that he's done that to me. So don't consider it strange, my beloved. Concerning the snares of the fowler. It comes with the territory. I wish you could tell you that Christianity was all butterflies and a sunny day. And tiptoeing through the tulips. But you've been around long enough to know that's not true. Now in the world you're going to have some traps. In the world you're going to have some snares. But Jesus said, get happy about it. Why? Because I have over come the world. How many of you took driver's ed before you got your driver's license? I wish a lot of people would retake that class. We will not go there today. But in driver's ed, or if you get a ticket, oftentimes they show you pictures of what it can look like To have a terrible accident. And you do not ever want to fit in to that picture. What are they doing? They're advising you in advance. This is what can happen if you disobey the law. We don't want that to happen. Well, in a sense, I'm your driver's ed teacher this morning. And you know something? It's a whole lot better to learn in the classroom than it is by crisis. Now, we've all learned some things by crisis. And we have scars to prove it. But what we can do, even if we have the scars, is not get bitter, but get better. And one way that you become better, if you've been through a difficult time, is by passing along information to others... Before they make the same mistake you made. And in doing so, it is a word to the wise. And a wise person will hear and will increase in learning. A wise person does not have to do drugs. To know the consequences of it. A wise person does not have to commit adultery. To know the consequences of it. Amen? All of us have been through some things. What do you say we become spiritual driver ed teachers, mentors, if you will, to the younger generation to impart to them the wisdom that we have learned? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. 
Now this message is going to help you. It's going to increase your awareness of the traps and the snares that are around you. The enemy, as I said, is not a creator. We're able to spot his tricks. We're able to spot his tracks. But even though we know that, the sad part of this is, is he's highly successful. And using the same tricks and using the same traps over and over again. You know what the Bible says about a fool? The Bible says that a fool will repeat his folly. Now, I'm not calling anybody in this house a fool. Because we are the righteousness of God in Christ. But it's very possible for us to act foolishly. Now, go in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 11. Notice this with me. Paul is saying... Now notice, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now if we are ignorant, the question I have for you today is can he take advantage of our ignorance? What ignorance does, it opens the door to deception. His goal, dear friends, is to deceive us. So that he can destroy us. Hosea addressed them by saying, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. So it would behoove us to become keenly aware of his devices. His traps and his tricks. Now notice with me in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11. Ephesians the 6th chapter and the 11th verse. You know, in this context, Paul is summing up a great epistle to the church at Ephesus where he deals with the wealth, amen, the walk, and the warfare of the believer. In chapters 1 through 3, he tells us who we are in Christ. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. He says, in whom we have boldness. Ephesians 1, 17 through 23 says, we've been raised up together with him, made to sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named. He goes on and on and on. And he declares what your wealth is in Christ, who you are and what you have. It's an awesome truth. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, right up until Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9, he deals with the walk of the believer. And he starts talking about, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you have been called. And he talks about putting off the old man, putting on the new man. Amen? He talks about things like, children, obey your parents in the Lord. He talks about letting your walk match your talk. It is the walk of the believer. And then in verse 10 in Ephesians 6, let's pick it up there. He says, finally, my brethren. This is at the end now of his message to the church at Ephesus. 
He says, finally, my brethren, and what belongs to the brethren belongs to the sister as well. Finally, my brethren, be strong. Be strong where? In the Lord and in the power of what? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now notice with me in verse 11. Look at this. In verse 11, in the Amplified Version, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to successfully stand up against, now notice, all the strategies and the deceits of the enemy. Amen. Notice this in verse 11. There are strategies, there are deceits of the enemy. Now, he says, if you put on the whole armor of God, guess what? He's not going to be able to prevail against you. If you have on this armor, you'll be strong in the Lord and the power of His might to stand up against any temptation. Oh, now come on, that's good truth. One translation says it like this, God is strong. And he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you. Well-made weapons of the best materials. Oh, thank you, Lord. And put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. Oh, hallelujah. We need to stand up. We need to rise up. When the enemy comes in, we need to rise up like God would have us to rise up and stand strong in the armor of God. Now turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26. And this is way too good of information for you to sleep. So look at your neighbor and say, wake up. I love you. But wake up. In 2 Timothy chapter 2... Verse 26, believe me, I've been there. But I haven't been preaching that long now for you to fall out of the window. In 2 Timothy 2.26 in the Amplified, it says this. And that we may come to our senses. Do you know that I'll be 95 years old next week? No, I'm only going to be 60. Just wanted to get your attention. All right. And they may come to their senses and escape out of what? Out of the snare of the enemy, having been held captive by him to do his will. I want you to notice again the word snare. And then I have a question for you. How many of you have ever lost your senses before? Some people alter their senses. They get prayed Friday. They go to ABC liquor store. And they become altered. Yea, even to the point of winding up in jail. That's altering your senses to the nth degree. With drugs and alcohol. But our senses can be altered by not thinking right. Our senses can be altered to a point where we get so under pressure by the enemy that we make wrong decisions. And we show poor judgment. Anybody ever done that before? What it is, it's a setup from the neck up. 
Everyone say, it's a setup from the neck up. Why do I say that? Because that's where his entrance is. Into your soul, into your mind. To pressure you, to get you to make wrong decisions, to show poor judgment. And the Bible says that we need to be sober and we need to use our senses. In other words, we need to become keen spiritually. And as we are keen spiritually, we can then operate in the wisdom of God and overcome every trap, overcome every scheme of the enemy. Now, many of you are not going to like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. To get caught in a trap takes some degree of your cooperation. Our society loves to play the blame game. Adam played the blame game with God. He said, it's the woman that you gave poor little me. In today's society, it sounds like it's the neighborhood that my parents... Brought me up in. It's the minimum wage job that I've had for 30 years. Do you know that San Quentin, all of the prisons in the nation are full of people that are in their own minds innocent? Ask them if they did it. No, I didn't do it. They'll pull a Flip Wilson on you. The devil made me do it. Well, the point is this, is the devil cannot do anything to us without our cooperation, without our yielding. So this society we live in, it is very much of a blame game society. They really really want to put everything off either on the Republicans or the Democrats. Listen, what's going on in the economy today is not President Obama's fault. I just felt the brakes right there. Let me rewind. I can preach this good now. But what's happening in the world is a result of the small G-O-D of this world. And it doesn't matter who's in office, in the White House, in the Senate. It doesn't matter. The government ultimately has got to be upon his shoulders. Now that does not release you from voting. And that does not release you from, come on, praying. But it does release you from complaining and whining and crying and going into the mully grubs over it. Let me get out of that and get into something else right here, right now. Woo! My gosh. We got to be able to recognize when we've fallen into a trap. 
One word that I learned as I was going through my recovery process in the 70s, and that is this, admit it and quit it. Someone recently wrote a tremendous best-selling book at Heart of the Bay called <laughs> Making the Most of Your Meltdowns, right? Are we here or are we not? The word I have is this, take responsibility for your meltdowns. It's not the church's fault. It's not the picnic's fault. We've all had some meltdowns. Stop pointing fingers at everybody else. They have a term on the basketball court that when you make a bad play or you miss the whole rim and the whole basket, which I've done many times, they have a statement and that's called, that's my bad. That's my bad. That, that, that's me. And really, if we're really honest about it, we find out that a lot of things that are going wrong in our life is our bad. You know what that does? That, that's humility. Now, you don't have to beat yourself up over it. But if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, what will happen? He'll lift you up. He will exalt you. And the scripture says that he gives more grace to the humble. Your debt of credit is not Bank of America's fault. Here's the big issue. Here's the biggest issue. Are you listening? The biggest issue is proximity. The biggest issue is nearness. Here's the bottom line. We need to keep some distance from some things. Keep some distance. A guy just fell over into the Grand Canyon about 90 feet. And he was survived, but he broke a couple ankles. And he was severely injured. But if you go to the Grand Canyon, you will see signs all over the place. Come on. <laughs> Woo, my. All right, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Don't play with fire. You play with fire and you get burned. You don't do, go too close to the Grand Canyon, you can fall in. Take the long way home. Could sing it, but I'm trying not to do that. Take the long way home. Take the long way home. There was a lady that had been through drugs and alcohol and she was a recovering, delivered alcoholic. And she was on her way to church one morning and she had written out her tithe check. She was dressed up real pretty because she loves God. And on the way to church, she noticed the liquor store. 
And that liquor store started calling for her. Come, I have Jack Daniels for you. Come, there's a new beer with your name on it. Come, you know you want that margarita. And she got the understanding when her preacher stood up that morning and used the illustration of take the long way home. And she said, that's exactly a word for me. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to discover another way to get to my church. And I'm not going to put myself in the path of temptation. But I'm going to take the long way home. And I don't care if it costs me more gas. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to do everything I can to not go near what, if, what I've fallen into in days past. You know, that is a word from God. Some of you need to take the long way home. If it means getting rid of the internet, take the long way home. It might mean cutting off certain friends, certain companions. It may not be easy at first, but take the long way home. Do whatever you've got to do to make sure that every door in your life is shut tight. Because the enemy walks about as a roaring lion. He does not play fair. He doesn't want to just ruin your day. He wants to kill you. And I might just well be honest about it. He wants to shut you down. He wants to set you up and shut you down and take you out. The Bible says that we are not to give that rat any place. He is not worthy of your affection. He's not worthy of your time. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Come to your senses. Do you suppose that there's another way to approach life? Have you ever thought that maybe this friend is not sent from heaven? Have you ever thought that that person that you are dating has never had respect for the opposite sex and never will. What makes you think it's going to change with you? Don't be stupid. Be sober. Be alert. Be on your guard. Don't be paranoid. Be bold. When Jeff and Beth and Pookie and them and Jose and Juanita lay on the horn in front of your house and say, we're going clubbing, say, I ain't going clubbing, Pookie, Jose, or Jeff. I'm going to go praising the Lord and I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's look at that real quickly now. Hebrews 12 in the Amplified Version. Are you getting this today? Hebrews 12.1 in the Amplified says, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, 
who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight. Now, here's what I want you to see. And the sin which so readily clings to, snares us, and entangles us. See, for me or you to get snared or entangled, we've got to be right near it. Keep your distance. You don't get sand spurs if you stay on the sidewalk. You don't get stuck in the mud if you stay on the pavement. I'm going to make a statement. And I want you guys to shout when I make it. I never get into fights in bars. You know why? I don't go to bars. I have never and will never get my hand bit off by a lion. You know why? Because when I go to the zoo, I'm going to keep my stinking distance. This happened recently. A guy wanted to get closer to the monkeys so he could take pictures. He got in there and the monkeys beat him up. I think they should have left him in there about an hour longer. Can't you just see the monkeys talking? We got an idiot here. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that's ignorance. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 14. Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Thank you, Lord, for fun and laughter in church in the midst of such a serious message. Don't let the monkeys beat you up. (laughs) Whoa. You are not a monkey. You didn't come from monkeys. Stop acting like a monkey. When they go into dense areas to catch monkeys, you know what they do? They put a trap in a cage. And they put a trap stick on it. And so when the monkey goes around the back, he grabs the trap and he won't let go because he wants it so badly. Some of you need to let go of the traps. Let go of your comfort zone. If you're doing something that brings relief or comfort into your life, let it go. It will destroy you. Oh, Jesus. Come to our senses, waking up, laying aside every weight, letting go of the sin. Proverbs 4, verse 14 and 15 says this. 
Enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. Verse 15. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it and pass away. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 8. Notice this with me. Proverbs, the fifth chapter, and the eighth verse. It says here, Remove thy foot from her. Now, this is not just talking about a harlot. Figuratively, her could be a refrigerator. Her could be a bottle. Her could be him. All right. Remove your way just a little way, no far. And don't come near the door of her house. The principle is this, and I know in the context it's talking about not going to a harlot's house and all that stuff. But the principle is this, whatever would pull on you to go in the wrong direction, get out of there. And then Proverbs 16, let's look at verse 17. I think it would be good for you to do your homework today and to really ask yourself, what are the things that are ensnaring me? What are the things that have been clinging to me and entangling me? What are the things that have been holding me down? I remember years ago, a minister lady said one time, she said, God wants you to soar with eagles, but the enemy wants to hold you back into the natural realm. God's got a higher plan for you. He's got a better way for you. Proverbs 16, verse 17. Would you please read with me? The highway of the upright is to depart from evil, and he that keeps his way preserves his soul. And then look at Proverbs chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And aren't they doing a great job up there tracking with me on these scriptures? Proverbs chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Ready? Please read. With her much fair speech... She caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. Verse 22. He goeth after her straightway as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Verse 23. Till a dart strike through his liver as a bird hasteth to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. I don't need to tell you that a lot of sexual diseases can end up snaring you later in life. Are you listening to me? Now, the bottom line of this message is this. The enemy is determined and he's busy. But if you are informed and trained, we can be alert, aware of his traps, aware of his tricks. We can rely on God's direction. And my Bible says, That there's no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. But our God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above your ability. You have the ability to be strong. But also with that temptation, our Father is faithful 
to bring you and me to a safe landing place to where we do not need to yield. And he always provides the way out. There is a way out of escape. And his name is Jesus Christ. And in closing this, look quickly to Psalm 124. We talked a lot about today about, you know, avoiding it, and there's truth there. But I want to close today with this thought. Not only can you avoid it, but you can escape it. Say it with me. I can, can. by the grace of God, God, escape every trick, every every trap trap of the enemy. enemy. And friend, if you've been tripped up, and if you've been trapped, i got good news for you. Jesus Christ loves you regardless of your past. That's what salvation is all about. Pastor Tom did a beautiful job yielding to the Holy Spirit this morning. He gave that song in the Lord about mercy. Friend, the mercy of God endures forever. No matter where you're at today, no matter what you've been through, you may be trapped right now. You may be tripped up right now. But I want you to know, His mercy is hovering over you. There's healing mercy in this house today. We've already tapped into it. But there's forgiveness mercy. And there's restoring mercy. His mercy will never, ever leave you. Nor forsake you. And so let's close this up in Psalm 124. It says, If it had not been for the Lord, who was on our side, now, may Pastor Mark say, put your name in there. If it had not been for the Lord, who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick. When the wrath was kindled against us, then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. But blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul this morning in Hayward is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. His snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Woo! Your help, my help, is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth, who sees us in our particular situation and knows exactly what we're going through. The Bible says there's nothing naked, nothing that he cannot see before his eyes. He loves you. He's for you. And there is a way of escape. And I find out that the first thing that we must do is admit it. Repent. Throw ourselves over on the mercy of God. But today I believe the snares of the fowler can be broken over your lives. And it's not just by some prayer, but it begins by a decision that you can make. How many of you will say, Pastor Mark, today I decide no more snares for me. No more yielding for me. 
If that's you, put your hand up right now. I'm not asking you to come to the front. But I'm declaring today, as you stand to your feet, we're going to make a declaration of faith in this house today. Let's lift up our hands. Lift up our voice to the Lord in response to the word that we've heard.